Jimmy through Kristen's Connects. He is like-minded with us, and he wants to become a church-planting church. And so that's what we're about. We're a church-planting church, and we went there via Vince and Kristen, and Vince spent almost every day with Pastor Jimmy training him on biblical eldership, church membership, theology, and Pastor Jimmy is now making his way through the Acts 29 church planting uh, assessment for East Africa and emerging regions. So our goal, as you'll hear tonight, is to see an entire region happen in East Africa. Kenya, South Sudan, Uganda, and the whole Eastern African region, we want to see fruit there. And we are committed to there. So you're going to hear the story of what has happened uh, in the past month. This is Vince's second week back, Kristen's second week back with us. And I'm encouraged and excited to hear from him tonight. So I'm going to pray real quick for him. And would you guys pray with me for Vince and for yourselves? Father, please be with Vince as he speaks. Give him clarity. Let him remember everything that he has thought about and wanted to tell us. And I pray that, Father, this time would be edifying glorifying to you, and I pray that we would all be encouraged uh, to move forward with your mission of making disciples who make disciples. Thank you for the opportunity to have an impact, an ocean away and a continent away. It's amazing. We thank you. We praise you. We ask now that you would be with Vince. Be with us as we listen. Speak to us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Am I on? Whoa. How's that sound? Good? All right. So we can, we are still in this series, um, but um, only sort of because a lot of this is um, the recap of our trip and what took place. And so um, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so that is what Chris was just prefacing what we went there to do. In spirit of that, that is what we as Eternal City went to do. Um, and also we can say that's what Acts 29 as an organization seeks to see churches do, to see churches um, live this out by planting more churches that plant more churches. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to tell you um, the story. I have a couple of my goals tonight is firstly to help you um, to get a glimpse of what we saw. We were there for one month. Um, to be honest, the first like week was just crazy. Super culture shock to me. I had never been there before. Um, and a lot of things they do are very different than things that we do. And so um, it has taken me these two weeks to sort of slow my mind down and put things on paper and in a way that hopefully... Um, will be clear to you. And so that's the first goal is to make that um, um, make that uh, presentation to you. Um, as And also keep in mind as I'm talking, I'm not talking as an expert. I've only been there a month. Um, there's a lot of cultural things, a lot of, but as more like a reporter that would have went there. And this is my perspective coming from here and seeing that. Um, and so secondly, I want to talk about Pastor Jimmy and the meetings that we had there um, and his story, his v vision and his passion and his church university community. Um, and then finally, I want to share some of the conviction that I have um, felt since being there and coming back, and hopefully at the end of this, I won't be the only one holding it, and it will be spread amongst all of you, and you can all bear some of the weight um, that I do believe um, um, was impressed on me and is um, biblical. So as we start, let's see what's next. Here is the country of Uganda on a little map. So we spent time in two places majorly. So we flew into Entebbe, 
which is here, this little dot. That's the main airport in Uganda, just about the only one. There's smaller airports you could fly within the country. Um, but we flew into there. It's about an hour drive from there to Kampala, which is the star there. That's the capital of the, the country, the largest city in the country. So we ended up spending a total of um, eight days there, three on the beginning of the trip, five on the end. Um, and Kampala is um, a very interesting place. It's the largest city in the country. Um, it has a population of about a million and a half people. And it's the size of, it's, it's a little bit bigger than Pittsburgh. So imagine, so Pittsburgh has about 300,000 within the, the city. So imagine Pittsburgh with more than three times the people packed in. And so um, there's a lot going on. And then on top of that chaos that would just come with the sheer amount of people, Uganda um, is a is a small country. I have been telling people something that's wrong because someone told me. I've been telling people it's about the size of West Virginia. Somebody told me that. That's not true um, at all. It's more like the size of Nevada. Um, so um, if I did tell you that, I apologize <laughs> for repeating that information. Um, but in that relatively small country, you have um, 50 distinct cultures. Um, and in the city of Kampala, you can run into over 100 different l languages that are spoken by the people there. So you've got massive amounts of people. Um, Kampala is, about, is, is the center in Uganda for business, education, medical. And so you'll get people from all the different um, regions of Uganda and even from Kenya and other places um, from up in South Sudan um, coming down there. So it's a mix of people. A lot of ministry takes place in Uganda. There's several Bible colleges there. Uh, I'm sorry, in K Kampala, not just Uganda. Um, so there is the photo, a photo of um, the hotel that we were in. So you see, like, it just goes way back here. And um, um, so, yeah, well, like I said, we spent uh, five days there. Predominantly, our reason for being there um, was, I guess you could say, first to uh, just learn and experience. Um, and also, there is an Acts 29 church there in Kampala. They're a, they're a candidate church, um, Sojourn. We met with them and their elders um, once on the beginning of our trip and once on the end. And um, it was good to be able to connect them with Pastor Jimmy as he goes through the process. And um, let's see what other pictures we have loaded here. This is a street in Kampala. I apologize if I'm not the most um, intuitive photographer to take the photos you might want to see. Um, here is Lake Victoria. That's um, the, the city of Kampala is on that lake. Um, they get a lot of um, uh, fish out of the lake. Um, and you will see as we talk about where we were, um, it's a lot cooler there. It's not as hot. Um, so yeah, that's Kampala. We didn't do um, much there. That's not really our area of focus. But um, in terms of ministry, especially outsiders coming in to do ministry, it's hard to do anything in Uganda without having some contact there in Kampala. And again, it is a crazy... So just a little bit more about it. Like the streets are packed, and there's, um, there's some semblance of road rules and patterns, and so the, like the, the taxis there, and if you were here, I think, what, three or four Sundays ago, when we were still in Uganda, you played the, the video, the way to get around is you get on these little motorcycles, and they call them poda podas, and there's a guy driving them, and you hop on the back, and you tell him where you want to go, and he zips through the streets, and 
as as little as the cars obey the rules of the road, the Boda Boda drivers obey even less. So they they will go between traffic. They'll go through red lights. I had a guy jump up on a sidewalk. Like they'll just and so um, that was you know one of the first experiences. I'm like clinging to the seat, and he's just going all over the place. Um, and so that just um, again added to that culture shock experience there. So after our time in Uganda, we got on a bus. Looks like that. Um, and we drove five hours north. Um, the bus drivers are um, actually surprisingly really good bus drivers. Like, so when we, we got on this bus, he's in a wide open space here. But when we got on, we were in a tight bus park. So there's probably a bus 10 feet that way a bus 10 feet that way, and like a whole row of that, 10 feet, 10 feet, 10 feet, and then on the other side, facing us, 10 feet, 10 feet, just cramped full of buses. And he gets in this thing and just zips it around, turns around, there's people walking through, and like they'll squeeze between the buses as they move. And so he got out of there, and we drove north. It was five hours, hot. If you can see this sign here, the free Wi-Fi, that's not true. Like, they, they, just, they just put that there. Um, and, like, everybody in Africa knows that's not true. But, like, people like us are like, oh, sweet, Wi-Fi. They're like, yeah, there's no, there's no Wi-Fi. They, they just put that on there. Um, but they do have TVs in there. Um, you can catch up on, like, the latest Ugandan hip-hop. They'll play different m- music videos and different things like that the whole way. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that, that was it. Did we put the photo on here of the river? There were some photos I put on that didn't send the email. So we'll, maybe we'll do a second slideshow sometime of even more photos. We had some trouble with sending emails. but So we drove past the Nile big, beautiful, rushing river. If you like white water rafting, you'd be like, ah, because it's just massive. Um, That was, so there was really the only wildlife I got a chance to see. There were baboons on the side of the road just eating pineapples and such. Um, There's a view from inside the bus. Um, And so this is actually a picture of Kampala to give you an idea of what inside the city looks like. And I'm glad we got this one. This is, like, she's just holding this on her head. That's, like, how they do it. It's so impressive to me. They just put big things on their head, don't even worry about balancing at all, and they'll just walk down the street. Um, so um, the people of Uganda g- g- uh, going there are... Um, really uh, friendly and um, open and welcoming to um, outsiders. They love to, you know, teach you their language and talk about their food and ask if you have certain things there. Um, It it really is that sort of um, um, friendliness when you're going, talking about going there to do ministry, um, you don't have to deal with people like opposing you, not wanting to hear what you have to say. Really, they are open. The frustration um, that you'll get is it's, it's very difficult to not be an outsider, to not be a foreigner. There's um, a perception that foreign people that come to Uganda are rich, um, and in a way that's true. I mean, the cost of living is very different. To give you an idea, like rent in a house would be about $130 a month. So that just gives you an idea. And so that creates sort of a frustration um, because you might get um, people with the wrong motivation coming. And even though people are friendly and very kind and welcoming, it's hard to break through that and just become like one of 
um, one of the people. You're always a different person. And this is what I've heard from talking with, I spoke with a man who has spent 20 years there, and this is his um, his um, r- r- report. But um, we did have a lot of fun um, getting to, so we spent time in Gulu, which if I can go back to the map, I don't think I told you Gulu. So we drove yeah, from here all the way up to here. Um, uh, it's called uh, Gulu. And that is predominantly the Acholi culture. And so the Acholi language is spoken there, the Acholi culture. Um, And so um, if you want to learn some of the Acholi language, um, the word ofoyo would be a, would be a, is like the most bang for your buck you can get out of a word in the Acholi language. Afoyo is a greeting. It's a response to a greeting. It um, is to say thank you. It's to say you're welcome. Um, and so if you ever are going to go to Gulu, Afoyo will really get you a long way. Um, and so we were in Gulu. This is also another picture of Kimpala. This was um, marketplace. There's people, um, they just kind of sit along the road there and they'll have blankets out and they'll sell all kind of different things like uh, shoes or CDs, electronics, that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, so there's that. So, let me see what we got next. This is an example of more of what you'd see in the Gulu part of Uganda. So Gulu is, I believe it's the seventh largest city in Uganda. It's around six or seven, but it is a growing city. It is up north, as you saw on the map, the northern part. Um, It is the nearest hub to now the new South Sudan. And so I'm not um, an expert on the war, but so the, the LRA, the Lord's Republic Army, led by um, Joseph Kony, came down from Sudan into Uganda. And predominantly the Gulu area is where a lot of that activity was. A lot of the war took place there. Um, um, a lot of um, the child soldiers that you would have read about in magazines were taken from this area. Um, and so it's, it's more um, like a small town. There's really one culture, one language, um, less of a melting pot and more of like an individual identity there. Um, and so... I think, um, I I heard Chris kind of allude to this, but the people of Uganda are very spiritual people. They're open to um, um, spiritual um, uh, things. So they're open to Christians coming and any other religion. They come, um, so animism and witch doctors and that sort of a thing. Um, So the idea would be that every um, object or anything will have a spirit um, to it. So a tree would have a spirit or a rock or a valley or a lake or a river would have a spirit. And so you would, um, you know, petition those spirits to get what you wanted to achieve, whether it was, um, you know, your crops to, to grow or um, anything in that um, um, way. And so um, the church would, the, the church in a lot of ways um, has, so 
The church is young. The church is um, weak in a lot of ways. And so that causes a lot of those cultural influences to creep into what you would see in the Christian church. And so you'll see pastors that sort of take over that space that a witch doctor would have, where they would say sort of the operation is, you bring me your money and pay me to consult the spirits to do what you would like. And so because of weak theology, a lot of pastors take that same model and just replace those spirits with the Holy Spirit. And they would do that. And so that's a lot of what the false church looks like the cultural um the, the the cultural spirituality sort of um overshadows that and so um the church has um a lack of theology i've seen um i was able to see a couple people preach live see um there's always pastors on TV and on the radio. And so the, the, the people do like to hear of spiritual things. And so when you, um, so like a, a comparison would be like here, we come from a more secular culture. And so um, spiritual things are um, sort of, you know, uh, turned away from you p- people sort of dismiss them as even being real they're like ghost stories like we 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 in america would would be in a culture where people think of only the natural world and a n- naturalist worldview and so that's the opposite of um uganda people are very spiritual and so um pastors deal with a lot of demonic act activity there, way more than we would see here. Um, and so um, um, there, we actually have um, some interview that I took with Pastor Jimmy um, of him talking about these things, talking about a lot of different things. We're going to have them online this week, and you'll be able to listen and get a, a more informed from somebody who's spent his whole life in that in that um, culture. But for me, to be honest with you guys, it was very strange for me coming from here. um, We have, so there's a quote from C.S. Lewis I want to read, and this is what I'm driving at. This is what we're seeing in these two comparisons. And he says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race, meaning humans, can fall, can fall about the the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors and hail the materialist or a magician in the same light. And so what you're seeing is um, the spiritual battle take two forms. Here it takes the form of the, the first one um, saying that they don't, be, they don't believe in the existence of any um, evil spiritual force working in our lives. And so that kind of gives you the ability to work under the radar. And then the other extreme, which is just as bad, and what we see more in Uganda is that they're everywhere and they're controlling everything. And you have to be very careful because they're so much more powerful. Um, and so Pastor Jimmy spoke to me. And again, you, you'll find this in one of the interviews that we post where he has to. Um, consistently preach to people what we had read just before the Great Commission, where Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me. And he has to remind the Christians of the superiority of Christ over the spirits. And so so it um, is way more active there. People are way more inclined to believe that. Um, And so that also plays into the fact that a lot of the people who pastor churches and who preach um, have a lack of desire to know theology as well as, it's like the, the perfect 
excuse me, it's like the perfect storm of lack of desire and lack of resource. There, there are very few channels by which somebody wanting to know theology could learn it. And so here, if we wanted to know about any topic theologically or what the Bible wants to talk to, we could search on Amazon, find a book. If you have Prime, it's here in two days. Um, and, um, and there, pastors, um, pastors don't have that. Like, you, you, there, there is no online shopping at all. Actually, there, there, there's no, their currency in some way doesn't transfer to online shopping. So there is no online shopping. And if you were to go to a bookstore, you don't find these books. You don't find John MacArthur, no John Piper, no R.C. Sproul. Like it's not there. Um, and so those things really lead to weak ch- ch- churches, churches that are emotionally uh, driven. People will show up at the churches that are the most lively, um, offer the healing and the prosperity and what people want. Um, and so there's, there's, there's um, not really a taste for biblical theology because it's just not very prevalent. Um, and so, yeah, and so like people will go and search for the healing and the spirituality. And, um, and that's the story that Chris alluded to of um, me healing. He teased this last week. I hope nobody was like on the edge of their seat over it. <laughs> but yeah, so this is really a, f- a funny s- story. Where we, were, where we were staying is about a 30-minute walk from um, um, our house where we're at to Pastor Jimmy's place. Um, and so instead, of, I would usually, you, you could call one of these guys on the motorcycle and they'd take you and, you know, you, you pay them for the ride. And, and instead of that, I figured I would walk and see some of the n- neighborhood and so I was walking along, saying a foyo to people, and and they were and they were all you know in, impressed at my ability to speak their language, and um, it was a lot of fun. And so as I'm walking, there's an older woman and a young man out in the field, and I say a foyo, and she's like, ah, oh, you know my language, and I said, yeah, I know some, and I just walked along, and she comes after me and she's got this walking stick and she's you know like coming with some effort towards me and and um um so and she's shouting more complicated words in their language that I don't know and so I uh turn around and she's uh, excitedly talking to me and um I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't understand. I only know a foyo. <laughs> and um, so um, her son, that was the young man, came over, and he said, this is my mother, and she has something very important to say to you. And I said, oh, okay, you know, let's have it. And um, he said, so she um, has been blind her whole life, is what he says to me. She can't see and when you walked by, she was able to see. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> that had never happened to me before. I wasn't sure how to, how to respond to that. And I was like, oh, okay, wow. And he said, so because of this, he said, this is our culture. Because of this, you are now her son, and she's now your mother. I was like, oh, I'm like, all right, great. And so he continues and he says, so now because you're her son, mom needs 3000 shillings to buy sugar. (laughs) And and I'm sitting there like, oh, wow, this was all uh, okay. And so I, I handed over and that would have been the cost of the ride to Pastor Jimmy's anyway. So I ended up paying the same amount to get there. Uh, but So that's the story. There is no, I don't think it's actual healing. If you take her at her word, it may be. Um, we'll see what the history books record that as. But um, that, <laughs> that's the story. Um, 
And so, but um, the churches are all about that. That is what they would cling to is those stories. And so um, a, a big part of churches that you don't see so much here is they take actually a considerable portion of time to tell testimony that had happened over the week. And so you hear predominantly stories of spiritual attacks and all kind of different um, manifestations of that. Um, you know, I, I, I couldn't say what I thought was true or not, but th- that's what you heard was a lot of that. Um, and so um, that's what you get an overwhelming sense of when you look at the landscape of the church is a mixture of um, super spiritual experience, charismatic with prosperity, gospel meshed. Um, and inside there is a very hollow core of theology. And so um, with that, um, we can jump into talking about Pastor Ch- uh, Jimmy. So I think he's next. Oh, no, a fish is next. <laughs> That's a fish that came out of Lake Victoria. That's not Pastor Jimmy. <laughs> Um, that's a tilapia came out of Lake Victoria that we ate. That was actually really good. They don't give you any fork or anything. You've just got to rip it apart and eat it. Um, it was actually very good. So, um, this is, um, I'm glad we flipped through these. This is the, a, this is a witch doctor's house. Um, so this is a, um, predominantly, I'm sorry, this is a, relatively large house. This is a big um, place that you would have. Um, there's, a, there's a goat out there, possibly a sacrifice. I'm not sure how that all goes. Um, but that's, there he is, me and Pastor Jimmy. Um, and so he is um, the guy that I went to talk to. I spent almost every day um, out of the month. There were a couple days we had off for about an hour every day. We would meet, um, and I would hear his story, talk about his church. Um, we would um, discuss. We, we talked about biblical eldership was what most of what we went over for the twofold purpose of helping to decipher um, his qualifications as we are partnering with him, but also to give him a model for raising up other guys, because that is the vision of what we love to see happen. And so um, Pastor Jimmy is from the Gulu area, moved to Kampala. Um, um, And this is around the time of the war happening. So the war is still unsteady in the northern part during this time. And so he moves down there. He is uh, still in school when he um, hears the, the gospel and is saved. Um, and so keep in mind, he's saved in the midst of the church I just described, the chaotic, not very um, sure. Um, there's a lot of conflict even in the churches. Many churches are formed out of splits in churches. And so that's any planting you see comes out of a church splitting and that's how you get two churches out of one, but they are not friends with each other. And so he's saved in the midst of that, um, as many, many people are. They hear the gospel from that perspective, from that culture, and he was no different, except in the fact that God had seen fit um, two years after his salvation, somebody gave him a Reformation study Bible. Um, I'm not sure who the person was, how they got it, how that happened, but he had gotten the Bible. And so some perspective, that's impossible to find. Like you're not going to go into any store and find one. And if you do, you're going to pay a lot to get a Bible like that. Bibles are rare, um, especially in all of the individual languages they're even rarer. Um, study Bibles are rarer still. And so somebody handed a two-year-old Christian a Reformation study Bible. And as you would expect, he didn't really even 
know what to do with it. He just thought it was a heavier Bible than, than normal. Uh, and so um, he um, began to read it and read the notes. Um, and he and his um, wife found um, the security and the strength and the peace that comes from proper doctrine during tough times in their life. Um, when, uh, as I'm sure we could all talk of the experiences when we're just shattered, they were able to cling to this and it gave them a perspective to see, you know, this is way better than what everybody else is saying. And so it gave him a hunger for the word, a passion for the word. He knows the Bible well. Um, he, he, you can really get a sense that he and his wife both cling to the promises in scripture. Um, and so that has led him to um, plant, a, plant his church. So he um, was sent peaceably from his church in Kampala um, they actually still support him. They contact back and forth. Um, so he's not one of the ones that came out of a split of any sort. Um, and he went to back home to Gulu, um, and he wanted to bring that doctrinal goodness that he was able to harvest from this Bible and bring it to the hurting people up north. Um, so that's what he did. He planted... Um, uh, University Community Church. I think, yeah, this is it. So he's currently in a bamboo sh- sh- structure. It's actually really cool. I wish it was possible to build something like that here. Um, it, would be, it would be easier to put up churches if you didn't have to worry about snow crushing it. Um, and so there's his church. His house is right there. Um, his office is that window there. Um, you'll see one of the interviews we actually took a v- video of is in that office. Um, and so he pastors the church and is committed to being available for the people of his church, which is, again, something that's rare. A lot of pastors, he told a story, and I'm using a lot of my time, but he told a story of what he called the mysterious pastors, who there are there are pastors who they will have their church like bow their heads and close their eyes and pray. And while they're praying, they'll scurry up to the stage and they'll open them. And there he is. He'll preach. He'll have them bow again. And then he'll be gone. They'll open their eyes and he's gone. And then they don't see him till he comes back. And that whole thing happens again. Like they literally only see the pastor while he's there um, essentially performing. Um, And so he um, committed to do the exact opposite. And you can see his church is f- literally feet from his house. And so a lot, even while we were there doing our m- meetings, people would show up and um, talk about their families and he would um, have conversation with them there at his church. Um, so the Re- Reformation Study Bible is a huge re- resource to him. It led him to find more online, anything he could find. Here's a picture of his bookshelf. That's really it, this shelf and the one you see down there. Um, In northern Uganda, that's huge. That's larger than most pastors' bookshelves you'd see as far as the content you see here. So you've got like uh, Jay Adams. Um, He's got a couple Piper books. There's a systematic theology that we were able to bring to him. Um, and so these are books that were g- given to him. He was able to find, and um, that is the, the basis of his theology, um, is from what he can harvest from books he can find, um, things he can find online. Um, and so his church, as you heard from the name, is University Community. Um, he's right next to, l- literally right there, next to the only university in in uh, Gulu, and he's passionate about reaching the students there. Um, so he's got two services in his church. The early ones mostly students, 
The second one is more of the families in the area, and those are the two faculties of his um, um, church, really. He has students and then families, and those are the people that he ministers to. So as we move on, I've I've been in contact with him. He's um, feverishly working through the Acts 29 process. He's um, going as fast as he can. Um, he's being very impressive with that. Um, and we are continuing to help him along those lines of eldership, membership, church structure that is unheard of even to him before we were um, there and presented these things to him out of the Bible. But he's eager to learn them and implement them. Um, and so those two things are happening. And so that would be the v- v- vision there with him is to um, continue to pour into him, enable him to make disciples, and out of those raise up leaders who then will hopefully go off and plant and they will do the same thing all over East Africa. And um, it could be the start of an East African Acts 29 network where currently there's only one candidate church. Um, let's see what else is on the slideshow. Hey, there's me at the, at the water. Um, that was a little sightseeing trip. There's n- nothing spiritually attached to that. So... <laughs> So um, finally, we've got like five minutes left, and I want to, this is the conviction part. Um, It's not so bad, so don't be afraid of it. But I want to share um, kind of what what was being impressed on my heart as I would read scripture. And so seeing him and seeing a pastor um, seeking to do his job well, and that's really what I the overwhelming message that I get from Pastor Jimmy is he just wants to do his job well and wants to be biblical. And so seeing that and seeing the church over there, um, it really, as I would read passages in, in the scripture, it would give me a new perspective as to what they mean. And hopefully this rings true with you. Um, If not, I'm okay with it just convicting me and me being behind all of you. (laughs) You guys already know this. But um, so John 17, 23, um, and this is, um, I'm just going to start by reading it. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you love me. And so if you know this passage, the context is Jesus is praying for the church. Um, and his prayer is for a unity that, a, a supernatural unity that exists among the people of God and, and, and a unity that should be realized. And as we see in the passage, the purpose of the unity is to display to the whole world everybody, two things. And it's to display that one, Jesus is the son of God sent here to save the people from their sins and that he loves his people as his own children. That is the reason for this unity that we see is this um, perfectly one. And so what this means is that we as a church, as eternal city should display this to our neighborhood, to Pittsburgh. We should be an example. That's the unity that exists should prove that. Um, um, But what hit me was let's not ever let it end with just as far as we can see. Let's, um, um, let's, not forget that the church is a global church, that there are Christians all over that are fighting in the cursed in-between that we're talking about, and it looks different all over the place. And so, um, so when we read about the unity, we can think of it in a global way. And so here's an example of what I mean. 
Um, so when we go through the cursed in between, we're going through topics and we go on topics of um, homosexuality, racial tension, um, family issues. In our context, um, if we want help on those things, it's very easy to find. Um, like I said, you can go on Amazon Prime, the books there, there's sermons, there's just a network of help in these things. America is very good at theology. Um, we have a lot of good theologians. I would say America and Europe, the Western world. But you, I was there with Pastor Jimmy, and there's issues he faces like polygamy, witch doctors, demonic manifestation, child sacrifice, child soldiers, you can't Amazon resources for those things. He is trying to wring out of Western-minded resources what he can out of that and try to really fight with one hand tied behind his back compared to the luxury that we have here of that. And so as I was there, it really hit me that I didn't even know that and didn't even care about that. And this is just one other place. I mean, Africa's a big continent and there's different issues all over there. And then there's Asia and South America and um, all over the place where there are um, co-laborers, uh, fellow soldiers is the language that Paul would use. And America has resources that if I can speak for myself, I didn't even think of any way I could bring those to anybody else. Um, and so the, the sentiment of that's thrown around all over the news of like the um, America first policy of that uh, Donald Trump is talking about. And I'm not going to talk about that, but that shouldn't happen in the church. That shouldn't be, I mean, America's not the capital of Christianity. And so what it hit me was, what am I doing in um, everything, in my, in my, um, in my um, thoughts, in my prayers, in what I give? Am I thinking only as um, my church here, or am I paying mind to people across the globe who are wrestling against hard problems um, that have to fight at a handicap of some sort. Um, and so that's my prayer that as we continue in Uganda, I mean, we are not called to every little place in the world as of yet. We're not called there, but we have, doors have opened for us to go to Uganda to partner with this guy, this Christian, this fellow brother who's trying to pastor a church biblically. Um, so let's, as a church, remember that in our prayers. Let's remember that as we think of us collectively in the unity that we want to see happen and be beautiful that happen. Let's also think of it globally and let's include in our prayers and in our resources. And even as we continue to go back there, you know, to be praying, like, is that something God would have for me to go out of my comfort zone and travel back with um, the church to seek to help um, Pastor Jimmy and the church there. And so how we can do that is I would, I would ask that we would pray. Um, it's, it's really a beautiful thing that the most powerful thing you can do is the easiest thing to do. Um, it takes, you know, just minutes or seconds out of the day to um, speak to God um, about these things. And just imagine how powerful it would be for a second if 
every Christian in America was personally connected through email to a pastor around the globe and was actively praying for him every day. Imagine the impact that the American church can have on the globe by just doing that thing of praying and then allow that to go into more to give of our resources or to give of our time and to go and to serve. And so right in front of us, we have Pastor Jimmy. We're going to be staying connected to him. Um, We will be talking every month He'll be sending a report our way. I'll be sending one his way, and we'll be reading it to you, um, hearing from him and his church. And so we have written up these cards. They're in the back. Oh, Chris and Eddie are going to pass them out. And these are um, things that we can do, the things that we can pray for specifically. Um, and you can put this you know, in your car, on your mirror, um, on your fridge, anywhere that you can see it, and just pray through these things. Pray for Gulu, Uganda, and Pastor Jimmy. Pray for Pastor Jimmy and for UCC, that's his church, university community, that God would raise up more qualified leaders, and through Pastor Jimmy's leadership, other qualified leaders would be raised in Gulu, Uganda, and East Africa. Pray for a more permanent and secure location for UCC to meet and for doing training. Pray for wisdom to practically and contextually apply the resources we've supplied Pastor Jimmy with and for the people of Gulu to have open ears and hunger for sound doctrine. For Eternal City to have the wisdom to efficiently and practically aid and resource Pastor Jimmy and UCC. Pray for clarity and wisdom for Pastor Jimmy as he goes through Acts 29, um, lead pastor's assessment, and pray for, converse, for conversions through UCC's evangelism and discipleship. And um, so that's what um, I have prepared. Um, if there's any questions, please talk to me. Kristen was also there. Um, Um, and, um, I would love to talk about it, but let's continue and pray that we would be a church that exists locally, but prays and thinks globally. Um, so let's pray and we will conclude.